This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmilan Arvin. And today we are reviewing a new sci-fi horror thriller, I think it's fair to call it, um, no One Will Save You. It's written, directed and produced by Brian Duffield. It stars Caitlin Dever, Dever I think, and uh, it is on Disney+. Plus. Firstly, can we all give Arvind props for cutting clips from that movie because I didn't know how that would be possible. Um, <laughs> and secondly, can I just say, are we in collective agreement that by now clicking in subtitles is probably the worst thing you can ever read in a movie because you know you're down for some nonsense. Clicking or rattling. Yes. Mm. I'm just yeah. like, oh God, the moment you hear clicking, like you read clicking, you know, you know that you're just going to have nightmares. Um I didn't expect to enjoy this movie as much as I ended up uh, ended up loving it because I hadn't heard very much about it. And then the synopsis is so bare bones. I thought it was going to be kind of low budget and meh, but it actually left me kind of really creeped out and sad and like I'd had like a pretty great movie experience. Same, same. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, it's such a fun Friday night watch, I thought. So I saw like a poster and a trailer for this a while ago. Um, I thought it looked interesting. I thought it looked like a simple popcorn movie. Was very pleasantly surprised when it just randomly dropped on Disney Plus last week. Um, and yeah, it, it's also one of the most unique things I've seen this year. I think like we can get into how much mileage that uniqueness has in a bit, I guess. But I like that they took big swings even though some of those swings miss by a mile, to be honest. This is a weird companion piece to Tar, which we talked about <laughs> yesterday, um, because they, they're both so concerned with things like sound. Um, they're both also not really what they appear um, on the cover, right? Like, it's not necessarily what you can expect, because No One Will Save You is theoretically a very high-concept film. It just is a home invasion movie, but the invaders are aliens. And and that's not a spoiler. It's it's right up front. You find that out really super early. Uh, but where it gets more interesting, I suppose, is in the fact that the home that they're invading belongs to Bryn, who appears to be this very isolated person, still grieving for a lot, uh, still grieving some losses. Um, the town that she's living in, a small town, does not appear to accept her. That's kind of an understatement, actually. They appear to outright shun her. And so there are mysteries right at the offset about what what is the deal here? What exactly is going on? And that becomes part of the mystery alongside trying to figure out how it is she's going to solve or survive a bunch of literal aliens breaking into her home. 
literal aliens who look like literal aliens. Yeah, like yeah, the they're like X-Files green, aliens. Yeah, like, like really, like if you imagined alien because you watch it in a cartoon, this is what they look like. Um, but the other similarities to Tara as well, like who would have thought these two would work as a weird double bill? But the entirely one woman's performance driven quality of this movie, the fact that a sense of weird sense of time like things are uncovered or you piece things together by clues and little reveals and not necessarily a linear storyline so there's a lot actually that like for us weirdly this has turned into something that matched up quite nicely um i loved how they set up her life before the home invasion happens because it's a very short sequence but by the time we get to the meat of the thing, you really understand the life she lives. And I think that's important for what comes after. Because honestly, the way she deals with the home invasion is quite terrifying. There are scenes that are straight up, like I, I screamed out at least once. Um, and then you realize there's actually more to it than just that, which is a great surprise. Have you guys seen uh, Midnight Special? No. A movie called Midnight Special. So it's a movie that came out in 2016. Uh, it's rarely talked about. Uh, Adam Driver, Michael Shannon, Kirsten Dunst. Um, it's about a boy who supposedly has secret powers and is hunted by the FBI or, or some secret service. Um, this movie reminded me very much of that movie. Um, it has that cozy, small production, but big concept feel. Also sci-fi, but not your usual sci-fi horror thing. And I think I love that simplicity the most. Uh, the movie is dealing with like some big themes, right? Big things, some major character stuff. But you can easily tune all of that stuff out and focus on the home invasion, mystery, horror aspect. And I think you'll enjoy it all the same. It's like, do you want to be intellectual or not? And if not, it's fine. Like the movie still works the same. I think it does. And it doesn't, right? So it's that point you were making earlier about some things are more successful than others because the film has a... Um it's not a shtick. What do we call this? The, the film a has central a central conceit. I, I would call it a shtick. <laughs> it's kind of shticky a little it's bit, shticky, but but yeah. it is fun to realize what's happening when it happens. Um, it's not a plot spoiler, but I think I still think if you haven't seen it, it's more fun for you to go in and watch the way the movie plays with the notion of dialogue or how it uses it, how it doesn't. Um, but because of that, um, because of the relative um lack of exposition in the film, I feel almost like it doesn't work as well as an action movie because towards the end, it forces you to deal with feelings, even if all you wanted to do was watch a home invasion film. I think that's interesting, but I'm just flagging that really early because I know that there are people who are going to be like, yeah, aliens, let's just watch this. And it's going to be like at some point, a machine gun or at some point home alone. And, and they play with that. I mean, they pay tribute to it, but it doesn't really get to that point. So if you're expecting a more straightforward action sci-fi thing, uh, this is not the movie for you. No, this is actually a film nerd movie. Um, it might not seem so yes. from the offset, but um, and, and I've always used this as a compliment on this show. It reminds me of a DVD you, you discover and watch and suddenly decide you want to tell all your friends. It has exactly that quality. Um, just like kind of too weird for it to be mainstream, but using familiar mainstream film tropes, which is probably why I enjoyed it so much, right? Because once you recognize what they're doing, it feels like it's three different movies in one. There's one, which is the very clear like home invasion. Then there's the more sort of 
sci-fi alien aspects, which are not quite what you expect. And then there's the larger emotional arc of it, which is actually quite heavy because the movie really is about grief. It is. And I think, so I think this movie tries to cram too many sticks into one movie. Um, and I know like like the director Brian uh, Brian Duffield's movies are always like these simple premise but bizarre concept things right and, and they're mostly awesome like Spontaneous is so dark but such a good movie uh, Love and Monsters also I really like so awesome The Babysitter also so much fun uh, horror slash pulp thing um, but I think like in this movie specifically there's a lot happening at the same time um, a few things that they try to do and I don't know if they take away from the other things that are going on like if, if it was a simple sci-fi straightforward alien home invasion thing maybe it would have worked slightly more for me i think like i get it i get what the movie is going for but it's gimmicky some things i felt were like okay i get it like i i know that you're in love with this concept i don't know how much this actually helps the movie or is it taking away or distracting me from the movie in the long run I have a lot of thoughts about this. Uh, firstly, I agree that I I might have preferred a more straightforward, um, nerdy genre dive, um, which this did not turn out to be. But the stuff that requires talking about, right, the, the stuff that the conceit brings up, I want to return to that because I have always had this thing about the film needs to be answered by what's within the text, right? It, it might not be front and centre, but the point is when you watch the movie, you should be able later on to find clues as to what it is that the thing was supposed to be about. Let's come back and talk about that because I, I have like very central questions about, for example, the aliens, and I'm not certain the movie really hits the answers or even wants to. Uh, so we're talking today about... I know how it sounds. We all actually really liked it. Um, we're talking today about No One Will Save You, which is written, directed and produced by Brian Duffield. It stars Caitlin Dever. Uh, it is out on Disney. People ask us to say these things because we, we talk endlessly about these movies and then no one knows where to find them. So it's it's there. Uh, let us know if you've watched it or you plan to. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Big Friendly Macha. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Knock on any door Down in that old hometown of mine Knock on any door You'll find a welcome rain or shine You'll see no fancy turkey BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we are talking about No One Will Save You by Brian Duffield, starring Caitlin Dever. Uh, before we go back to talking about the conceit, um, let's talk about Caitlin Dever because frankly, no movie without her doesn't matter. The special effects could have been 10 times better and it still wouldn't have made a difference if you didn't have a central performance that you were willing to watch for an hour and a half with pretty much no one else there. She was fabulous. Oh, she was so good. And, you know, not not in the same way uh, Kate Blanchett yesterday was fabulous because that's a whole different level. But it's because it requires a certain something, right, to be able to, I don't know, like stab an alien and still not 
descend into seeming schlocky because she needed to pull off the person creeping along under a table while something walks into the room. She needed to pull off the larger walking around a, a town and everyone hating you. Like there's so many different things that she needs to do in this character. I really thought she nailed all of it. Like for all the other little issues that I might have with the movie that could have been better or not better, I really thought she was the highlight of the film. Yeah, and also she 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 works with the conceit of the movie. Yes, so much better than you can. There's a divide uh, between her and the other actors. Like some of them, acting's hard, but some of them are struggling with the conceit. <laughs> acting's and acting's I, I'm hard. Like, I'm like, this is not for you, you know. And and she does it lah. She she nails it. Um, and and some some shots of that look of fear on her face. Yeah. When her home is being invaded, oof! Like you can feel it. It's so so the anxiety and the stress and the suspense that creates is so much. Dude, and you know it's hard, right? For more hard, it's hard to be an actor. Um, but it's also hard to be a woman or a girl in a horror movie. The, the, yes, the final and, girl and trope, not be the yeah. The, yeah. the final trope exists. The final girl trope exists for a reason, right? Like nobody wants to be that. Oh, I don't know if nobody, but like I assume that if you're an actor worth your salt, you don't want to be just a screaming damsel in distress in a horror movie. And also with a movie like this, where there's really only one character primarily, if she were annoying, can you imagine having to live mm. with that? I, I You would just root for the aliens. Instead, here you still <laughs> find yourself hoping that, that she she gets it that she figures stuff out in time to to save herself so it's entirely her movie but i wanted to talk about our gray friends because i i think the stuff about the aliens right we've seen a lot of interesting takes on aliens over the years um and they don't all come for world domination. They don't all come. Some of them just want to give us a gift. But <laughs> others, others are a little more intense. And these guys, they're kind of interesting. So sonically speaking, they're interesting. They communicate with like a, like a weird a clicking. clicking, croaking kind of sound. Um, there's some body horror invasion stuff. You know, it owes a debt to Alien. But... I don't know if the movie... So the movie gave me enough to understand Bryn. I know what motivates Bryn. I get her. I wish I knew a little bit more about the aliens. Uh, so do I. Um, firstly, the body horror stuff, it's not as bad as you would imagine visually, but the ideas that it puts in your head are like too much. Like I, I found it quite difficult to deal with. Um, no, you're right. I, I think that where this movie kind of gets too big for its own uh, weight is that it introduces these concepts but it doesn't explain them so in the end you're kind of left and it, it, it takes almost a slightly easy way out of you figure it out lah. there are many interpretations mm. it can be whatever you want it to be and I don't know whether that's enough I think it needed to have given us a little bit more about these invaders and and how they work and how they, I suppose, how they function, right? How they colonize planets or whatever. I, I think it was definitely not enough um, because there are some scenes that happen uh, and it, they look like kind of like dream state 
things and you're just confused at that point you're like well, what is actually happening and I, there's there's this like four or five part youtube series about someone talking about how to use magic in movies and how you have to define the powers of magic and i yes. think the same applies mm-hmm. yep. right yes for, for like sci-fi or, or any kind of uh, alien creature or something that you don't understand like what are their powers at the end of the day like what can they do and what can't they do what kills when, them how come exactly. some can burn and others can be stabbed and yet they seem yeah like they like it's weird what they can and cannot do exactly so when they can do sudden something all of a sudden you're like what am i looking at actually like who are these things i think this is the problem with genre because we wouldn't have the same expectation if it wasn't something that we sort of knew as a filmic trope so if like it's a <sighs> Well, tremors exist. I was going to say giant worm. <laughs> if, if it's you know, but if it's something new and odd and like we don't know, we don't have our own audience expectations of what they are. It's different. But these guys, they get beamed down. They come in well, UFOs like traditional saucer-like things. They they get beamed down. They even and leave crop circles. They leave crop circles. Yeah. They've got the yeah. weird you know like bug eyes. Like they are recognizable movie aliens but then after that why they're there how they communicate what it is they're trying to do are there different species why are they different sizes like all that stuff just doesn't get answered and this was I almost wished I almost wished that it would be like solved by at some point some words on a screen right like 30 years ago they came <laughs> we ignored them <laughs> or something but but it's just left for you to figure out and I don't know if the film gave me enough of an explanation for it to be a generically satisfying movie. It's satisfying in other ways. I think emotionally it's satisfying. I think the story it tells about grief and isolation is very interesting. And that totally worked. As a science fiction alien movie, I I, I don't know. No, I think... I'm willing to forgive a lot because the emotionally satisfying bit for me towards the end was very strong. Yes, it was. Um, because because they're doing two things, right? They're revealing bit by bit the alien stuff while also revealing what's happened with Bryn's life and how she got to where she is. And the second is actually very strong. It's also very sad, which leads to an ending that's very bleak, actually. Um, but was good and well done and and I think as a character arc for her it worked so well that I was willing to overlook the other stuff which I think could have definitely been done better I think I was just glad that we got something unique on streaming. Totally. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like like the sci-fi alien thing has been tried and tested and done to bits. So to get something unique in that genre was really nice. I also feel like uh, another small nitpick or issue is that I, it's very obvious that the people behind the movie are in love with certain shots and certain tricks that they pull, which fair enough, like some scenes are amazing and cinematic and eye candy and, and very nice. But I think when it happens again and again and again, it loses the novelty um, like the beam of light that comes through the the house the mm-hmm. drone overhead shot also yes the drone overhead shot mm. also like it's so cool like the beams of light are so so cool and the reveal of some of the creatures are so cool but I think the reason we remember that one shot from Close Encounters of the boy opening the door and then you see the beam of light is because it happened once in that one scene and it wouldn't have been the same if we saw like five kids in all the neighborhoods opening their <laughs> doors you know um, so yeah I think like some like less is more or at least I would have enjoyed it more if it was you know the novelty was there that stuff also started to make it feel a little bit more TV as opposed to film yes yeah, yeah. it has a slight um, like amateur film quality just very slight not in a 
in a way like everyone's experimenting a little bit televisual oh, yes. I think um, yeah. and, and maybe that's made worse by the fact that we're watching it at home so that's a thing mm. right because if we were watching it in the cinema I don't know if you would be struck by the same thing but when you're watching something here um, on streaming and it's only available to you on streaming sometimes the made for TV stuff or, or the made for TV feeling is stronger even if it's not entirely fair so we have been talking today about no one Am I, the title is long, and so I constantly worry no I'll get it wrong. No one will save you. Yes, no one will save you. It's uh, written and directed by Brian Duffield. It stars Caitlin Dever. You can find it on uh, Disney Plus, and we all really liked it. It's actually worth. It's it's so worth a watch. Great weekend watch. Yeah. Watch it. Yeah, 100%. And Super then come, recommend. Come back to us and let us know what you think, I think is the, the theme here. Um, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.